Hello, you have reached the Wild Woman Hotline, a place for visionary entrepreneurs like you to listen in on value-packed episodes for growing your brand in bold and strategic ways. Welcome back to another episode of the Wild Woman Hotline. I am your host for this experience. My name is Tristan Thibodeau. I am the CEO, founder, and head brand strategist for Wild Woman House, which is a collaborative branding and marketing agency. And I am so excited to share with you today, Rohini Maradi, who is not only a previous client of Wildman House, but she is also a Gaia featured expert, a yoga magazine featured expert, and she is the founder of Magic Inclined, which is a spiritually driven brand that teaches curious individuals how to discern their own internal navigation system so that they can pursue a life path and a spiritual path that is aligned with who they are. Today, we are going to talk all about the ego and how the ego can actually be a powerful tool for amplifying your life purpose and getting your magic out into the world so that you are impacting more lives with the message that you have to share. So I'm gonna go ahead and dive on in and introduce you to the beautiful, beautiful soul who is Rohini Marathi. Rohini Marathi, one of my all-time favorite clients that I've ever worked with. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I cannot wait for you to share your story of the brands that you've created and also the story of how business has become such a spiritual journey for you. So that's where we're going to go today. But can you start off telling the Wild Woman fam all about how you grew up? Because I love your backstory. I think it is so magical and so rich and so unique. So I'm just going to let you take the mic and tell us about how you grew up, where you're from, and what that was like for you. Thank you, Tristan. And it's like, it's magical working with you, like beyond magical. So that makes me feel so good that you like working with me too. Um, But... (laughs) So my story is, I, it's a unique one. Um, I grew up in a Hindu, Hindu temple in Tehran. Um, and I traveled all through India during my childhood. Um, up until like around eight or nine, where we actually fled as political refugees from Iran. We were like driven out, but I often I don't know, equate my life. (laughs) I guess like the only Disney character I can relate to is like Mowgli. If you can look at it. I knew you were going to say that. I I literally grew up in jungles and we we lived in the middle of Tehran too. This Tehran's a really big city. And at the time there was a huge like Muslim revolution happening and we were like Hindus. So that, that did not mesh well. Um, and at the same time, you know, shortly after that, the Iran Iraq war started going on. So it was just like living in this, um, very spiritual container while everything is kind of scary outside bombs going off, people fighting, um, protests everywhere. Uh, family members are constantly in jail. My dad was in jail so many times, like his, um, we had an Indian restaurant and his restaurant was seized because it's Indian food. Oh no. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's my upbringing we when we I don't know if you want me to go deeper into it it there's like so much you know um but after we fled we went through like a whole journey where we had to secretly get out we went to like Dubai for two months it felt like spy work you know we had to like there is a time I don't remember when this exactly was actually where we were going from one point to another and we had to hide in the back of trucks with like tarps on top of us and like I'm really like that's a small part of it but when we're in Dubai it's like getting all this paperwork done. We have to be there for two months because it takes so long. And then we go to India and submit the paperwork. And finally, like we arrive in America with like $300 in our pockets because my parents like led a life of service. It was all about services. It was all about outgoing, whatever donations or whatever people made to the temple was to only maintain the temple and then to output. So they would use the money to cook like giant meals and serve it to like the surrounding um, houseless community. Um, We would take that money, go to India and do the same thing, like just feed people. That's all constantly what it felt like what we did Mm -hmm. and to try to just spread that message of love. So when we finally arrived and it was like, um, okay, now we're in this world where you need money to survive. It was quite scary. So we grew up like really poor. Five of us like lived in a one bedroom apartment for like, I think four or five years after we moved here. And my Mm -hmm. parents like went from not working ever to Mm -hmm. working all the time. Like my mom did stuff like, um, yeah, my dad would have two jobs, like work during the day and then at night, and then my mom would do whatever she could. And, Mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden we went from like a really tight unit to, um, me becoming like the parent in a way and Mm -hmm. having to like take care of my siblings. So it was a very big contrast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at the same time, like trying to fit in with like Americans, you know, Yes, I am like, I'm already a weirdo. <laughs> like now I'm in a weirdo in a new country. I was a weirdo in Iran growing up where they're like, you're not like us. You know, even though mm-hmm. like my blood is from there, they're like, you're not like us. I'm like, okay. And then I go to India and they're like, you're not like us. You know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I come here, they're like, you are definitely not like us. I think that has a lot to do with my brand. (laughs) Yes, it does. And that's exactly where I'm going next because we can dive into more of the nitty gritty of your brand, but it is a spiritual brand that's rooted in the history and the modalities that you learned growing up and that come from your culture and that come from your religious background. And so it's so interesting that you have come like complete full circle of your journey of maybe abandoning that for a short time and then coming back into it and owning it and now making it your own and teaching people all over the world about the traditions and the modalities and the beliefs that you grew up with. So before we dive into that, can you tell us what the journey of reclaiming that identity was like for you coming to America and feeling that very outcast black sheep energy of you are definitely not like us to now completely owning that and using it to empower others through your brand. Like if you had to give us the expedited story of what that process taught you on a identity level or even spiritually, where would you start in telling us that story? Well, I think um, 
a really big part of it has to do with age, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, because when I, when I first moved here, I really tried to fit in and I couldn't, there's no way, but I tried to be as silent as I could. So at least I'm not picked on, Mm -hmm. um, kept everything inside, barely spoke up, um, didn't really share my point of view and honestly, like just mirrored whoever I was hanging out with so that I don't get picked on. Cause I experienced getting picked on for like the first two years I moved here and it was like awful. It was just really scary. Um, so I took that with me for a really long time. And after a really long time of like, not really being yourself and really suppressing a huge part of yourself and your true essence, um, your inner world starts to percolate, you know, and it just, there's depression, like whatever you want to, like anything you want to throw at anxiety, all this stuff starts stemming from things like that. And it definitely happened for me. And, um, one way that I medicated myself through that depression and through that anxiety is I started drinking a lot and like doing a lot of drugs and (laughs) just like, super party lifestyle where, you know, it took me to a lot of fun places too. But, um, at, at a certain point, like that, that voice inside of me became louder. And once that voice became louder, I started implementing small changes and, um, over time implementing these small changes have brought me to the place where I can actually be comfortable speaking out loud, even like speaking to you would have been a terrifying thing to me like 10 years ago, like, Oh my gosh, they're going to hear me speak. Um, like they, who, I don't know, but they are going to hear me. I used to play music and go on stage. And every time, like, you know, I was like supposed to tell a story or something, I would fumble all my words, like really quickly get the attention off of me, pass it on any way I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, stage fright to the max. And now it's just kind of, maybe it's age, but it, it also might be like the daily practice of facing fears mm-hmm. of kind of like pushing against this, like persona I had created for myself who wasn't me. And just like redefining that persona and speaking um, from a spender, centered space, but also um, with people who are open to hearing my voice um, has really helped uh, ground and be that natural essence I am. And I think that really helps in business as well, because mm-hmm. when we're not ourselves and we're trying to move forward with uh, like an impactful thing in this world, um, it doesn't like the experiences don't come back the way we hope they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I can speak into this now and it, this might be, some people might receive this and be like, what are you talking about? You're, <laughs> you're so bold, you're confident. Um, you know, whatever the words are, you, whatever you show up so charismatically and there's never really a point where you land completely in feeling like I'm safe to completely reveal (laughs) all of who I am to the world. Like, I don't think that there's that point that we're going to reach as entrepreneurs, especially because as we're sharing our story and as we're creating value and as we're building a brand that stands for something powerful, you are navigating the path of what 
to deliver so that people are resonating, but also so that you are connecting. And sometimes there's that fear of, I want to go this direction, but is that going to connect? Is that going to resonate? Or I want to show this part of my personality, but is that going to, you know, the fear might be negatively impact my brand. And I know that this was a big thing that you and I worked on in terms of staking a claim for your experience and your embodied wisdom and also staking a claim as a rock star in the realm of the Akasha. And I remember the first time I said that to you, you're like, whoa, what? (laughs) I'm like, no, own that shit, bro, because you truly are somebody that stands at the front of leadership in the realm of Akashic expertise. And can you talk a little bit about claiming that bigness and talk a little bit about how that starting from where you came with needing to, in many ways, release yourself from hiding to now claiming a huge spot of authority within your industry, what that spiritual journey was like for you. That's an ongoing one. And it's intense. People think spiritual journeys are just like, oh, euphoric, like, oh, I claimed it. Now it's like, oh, it feels so great. But, but in reality, it's a, it's a daily, I don't know. I don't want to say struggle, but it's a daily practice. Practice is a better word for it Mm -hmm. because claiming something brings up every single insecurity, every single shadow you've ever had. So every day you wake up, you're like, I'm going to claim it again today. So more shadows and more, more, whatever, like blocks come up and then you deal with it then. But that's how it is a spiritual practice because it is so cleansing in a way. And it feels so good to actually listen to yourself. You're that deep part of your soul where it's like, you, this is what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, but then that person's better than me. That person's better than me. This person says things so much better than I do. Who am I to come and say this? And it's like, you just have to do it and not look at everybody else. So it's, it's just Mm -hmm. the daily practice. And Mm -hmm. what a great question to ask, because I feel like, um, especially in modern day in society where a lot of us have, ADHD, anxiety, all these parts of ourselves that make us feel imposters because we're mirroring all the time. We mm-hmm. are trying to be normal in a very sick society. And <laughs> all of a sudden you're following your true heart, you're following your true calling. Um, but that part of you that has been mirroring shows up and it's like, but you're not good enough, remember? And um, yeah, for me, it's a daily reminder, mm-hmm. daily, daily reminder. That's a great question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I also think from my perspective, it's a little bit of, um, you know, this is a very like uneloquent way to say this, but thinking that you're the shit, you know, like really saying like, I am good at what I do and I love what I do. And I have a perspective that not very many people have. And that's not me being, I mean, it is egoic, but in a positive way, right? In in a very positive, like motivating way to help yourself claim that bigness. Cause that's really what we're talking about here is nobody is going to give you the platform that you know in your heart you deserve and yep. the position of leadership and authority that you know that you 
can handle and can follow through on. And so yeah. there really has to come that balance of self self trust in that if I'm put in this position, am I going to be able to do it? If I am put in front of, you know, I do this all the time because <laughs> sometimes I get on the phone with clients who are big, big, big names in their industry. You were one and I've gotten on the phone. You are a big name in the Akashic industry. Like people know who you are and just in beauty industries and wellness industries and all different industries, I get on the phone with really big names and I have to trust myself in the fact that I am really good at what I do. I love what I do. And at the end of the day, I am here to steward this person's vision and help them bring it to life. I'm not necessarily taking action on their behalf. I'm helping them get out of their own way and see the bigness of where they could go and how big they could take their brand. And if I trust myself to be able to play that role for them, then who am I to cower and be intimidated by the, you know, the reputation or to be intimidated by the, uh, the visibility of different people. And because that definitely plays a role. It's like, who am I? The size of my audience, you know, not that big personally. People across the world don't know my name yet. 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 <laughs> but when I look at the impact that I have with my clients, like that's the thing that helps me trust myself is that, A, I'm not going to attract people that are not meant for me. Like they're not going to say yes if they're not meant for me. And second, my role is to steward their vision, not to bring it to life for them. So if I can play that supportive role and that guiding role, then I know that I'm going to show up to my best ability and help them create epic results. So there's a combination of that claiming that self-trust, but also just that boldness of like, nobody's going to give this to me. I got to go out and claim it. And if you're yeah. bold enough to claim it and you can stand in the uncertainty of that imposter syndrome and choose your vision over the imposter every single time, you're going to create insane results that you didn't think were possible. So I love that Absolutely. you brought that up so much. Absolutely. And just to like piggyback on what you just said too, there's the whole um, ego aspect of it that I think a lot of people assume or whatever about spirituality. And honestly, like it's so healthy for us to like tap into that ego. It's unhealthy to minimize it mm. because that ego is our guiding light in this world, in this three-dimensional planet. The ego is what helps us survive. And of course, like it's not just pure ego because ego on its own is narcissism. But when you open your heart and apply the ego, that's where the magic happens. So it's like you're outputting, you're serving your community, but you have to like build yourself up and be a whole person and believe in yourself to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I would love for you to share more about how to constructively utilize the ego when we are navigating, you know, everybody listening to this podcast and all the people that I work with, these are women that come with really big missions on their hearts. They want to touch millions of lives. They want to have global brands, not for the sake of having a global brand, but because by going global with their mission, they are contributing to big change in the world. They are contributing to positive change for the collective. So I would love for you to talk about maybe some detrimental ways that the ego comes in, but then also ways that we can positively leverage the ego to actually 
get our vision out into the world and to create beauty and connection and all the things that we are trying to create. Um, I love this. I love it. And I have, okay. So one of the first things that comes to mind is when we're tapping into our ego and we're amplifying it to keep our focus strong. It's when we lose our focus where the ego can just like take hold and start controlling the situation. But here's something that's like, that was very profound that I learned about. I was digging around in my lineage and for most of my life, I've pushed away the Persian side of myself because I, I just experienced a lot of war and like, well, like unhappy situations there, but really happy ones with my family, just the outside, you know, that stuff. So I didn't really follow through with this part of myself. And in the last few years, I started digging in and digging in and digging in. Now, the true meaning of magic came from like the Persian Magi in the beginning of whatever. Um, but th this is where the word is derived from. And the Magi were known to be these really powerful beings because they delivered real results. And this is where it applies to anyone who um, has like the dream, the uh, inner vision to bring a lot of like impact to, to the, the outward world. Um, but the Magi, Magi's mission was to first fully work on themselves inward. And this is a part of their initiation. They had to go through a lot of inner work. And once they um, amplified these parts of inside of themselves through ritual daily practice, then their only other mission, and this is the real meaning of magic, this is what made them a magi, was to help the surrounding environment, the people around them, was to contribute to the world in a positive way. And that's what they worked towards. If one of them stepped away from that and started, um, using this magic and initiation that they developed um, for instant gratification to harm anybody else, going back inward after you've gone inward kind of thing, it was considered sorcery. And that's where, you know, magic started having like a really bad um, connotation to it because they're like, well, you have this power and you can use it towards anything. So I think this speaks a lot to the ego too, because you got to go in, you got to like feed your ego. You got to like get really familiar with what's inside, but you have to keep your focus on the output and what you're giving to the people around you. And that is like, that's where magic happens. <laughs> I love it. Oh, you just took me down a like very cool, magical rabbit hole. And I am so here <laughs> for it. Um, and something that, you know, to bring this to the focus and the lens of brand, what we're talking about here is the brand's mission and the brand's vision. So yep. everything to do with brand is not your logo. It's not your color palette. It's not your social media brand is a feeling it's a gut reaction that people have when they encounter your business and when you have a strong brand what that means is that people come to you specifically for a type of experience and a type of emotion and so where this ties in with utilizing ego and utilizing magic is we want to stay crystal focused on what that feeling is and why we're creating that feeling. Because when we create the feeling of empowerment, 
our audience is then able to do something unique. When we create the feeling of awe, our audience isn't able to do something unique with their lives and with their experience. And so staying laser focused and using your ego to amplify what that brand is, is in full service of everyone else. Yep. And from there, no matter how big you think you, you are too big for people to handle or too loud or too <laughs> colorful or too out there or too whatever, when it's laser focused for a specific intention, which is enforcing the brand, strengthening the brand, everything then becomes of service to anyone that receives and encounters that brand. So I love that story and that explanation that you just gave, because it's so it's so, it gives so much permission for people just to go really love, big. Yeah. And just love <laughs> yourself. It's okay. I know it's a struggle for a lot of us because mm -hmm. like, you know, like I said, our society's sick and we're just taught to not like ourselves so that we can consume and consume and consume. But there are, there are really great ways of consuming when we do love ourselves. It doesn't have to be one or the other. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it's really funny because sometimes when people ask, you know, I get questions about, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you do this? And honestly, it's because I think I'm really awesome and I like who I am. You know? like, I think you're awesome, too. <laughs> and I think you're awesome. Like, I, I genuinely love who I am. I love all my quirks and I, I love the way that I work with people and I love how I can support them. And because of that, I'm not shy about sharing that because I, I think it's genuinely awesome. And a lot of people <laughs> might that maybe haven't cultivated that much like self-love or self-respect might say, oh, wow, you're really full of yourself. But with ego, like, yeah, I am full of who I am and I'm not afraid to let who I am fill up who I am so that I can share that with other people. So that's such a powerful message for leadership and just creating a strong... Yeah powerful brand in general. Thank you for that. No problem. Thank you for that. You're, you're such a good example of that too, because um, you are the least narcissistic person that I've ever met, but you are the most confident and just like, there's some, there, there's something magnetic, you know, that happens within ourselves when we actually like ourselves. And like, but one of my favorite things about you is that because you fully understand who you are and like you're so tapped into like your true essence that you are living a full life which a lot of us don't do you know you are like really in your body you're really living in your in in this life and you're creating it you're becoming like this powerful creator and it's just like really beautiful to watch i'm just so that's why i'm always like i just want to be around Tristan cuz it's like it's illuminating to be around somebody who has worked on themselves and like accepts themselves and loves themselves. It's magical. <laughs> it's been a long journey. It's been a tremendously, lots of investments were made to get to this point. <laughs> lots of, lots of inner work, but you know, where I would love to go next is I would love for you to share what the moment was when you decided to start Magic Inclined, which is your current brand, because you have other businesses that you've ran in the past. And I remember you telling me that there was a moment where you decided, hey, I think it's time for this to become something big. And yeah. so I would love for you to tell the story of how Magic Inclined got started, because how you built your community 
is so heart-centered and it is so authentic and it was such an outpouring of who you were and that just goes to show that being that heart-centered authentic person can create huge results which is what you're now getting to pick the fruit of so can you tell us that story of how magic inclined got started and then the moment where you were like you know what i'm ready for this to be something even bigger yeah well in all honesty it feels like this is what i've wanted to do my whole life i wanted to work in um in a spiritual realm i didn't know it i didn't know what it was then Mm -hmm. but i i wanted to have a big impact i wanted to bring people closer to their inner light and this is just something that i pushed away for a long time because a didn't know how to do it and b like i had no idea what it would look like and life just formed it for me i didn't have to (laughs) try very hard it felt forced after a while um because it's what i truly wanted um but i went through like a lot of hardship and you know um trigger warning like i lost my infant daughter and that kind of like crushed me into a puddle where I had to like rebuild myself from the ground up. And I think once I started sharing that journey, it was very heart centered and it was very heartfelt. And I, I shared the way I was healing from that. And I think that's where the community came in because we're all healing from something big, like maybe not as big, but everyone, everyone's healing is, is like monumental, you know? Um, so that's how everything started coming together. And um, after a while of doing a lot of work, like it felt nonstop. And like at a certain point, I questioned whether it's even healthy to do that amount of work or not, which I don't think it was. Um, but after a certain while, I started hearing um that inner voice once again that person who i really am um and i started liking her and i missed her really like i really missed her and it felt good to be reunited so i continued forward and there was a certain point where um i had grown a really good community a really big community um i knew how i wanted to um give to the collective i knew what my path would start to look like and that's the point where i said all right well now i actually have to go for it and and try to do something bigger than what i can accomplish on my own and that's when i reached out to you and i'm like well i've built it to this point and i know where i want to go and it's okay to not see every step but I need help um, uh, bringing it into like full manifestation at a faster speed because I could have possibly just kept going and going and going, but it would have taken me like five or six years longer if I did it all on my own without inviting like um, like another consciousness in with the process, you know? So yeah, that's how it started. That's how I knew once I, once the tools were in my hands, I knew that I had to do something. Mm -hmm. And you like took off with the tools. (laughs) We have seen your business grow so much in such a short amount of time. And it's just the beginning for you. I know that. 
it's just the beginning in terms of you've been doing this for a while, but the new level of like results that you're getting, it's just the beginning. Can you tell us more about why you decided to focus on brand versus working with a business coach or a business strategist? And I position myself as a brand strategist and a brand mentor. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit about if there was a decision weighing process or why you decided to go in the route of brand versus business? Well, the brand is like the output feeling in my opinion, you know, like what you are conveying to the world. And I've had, look, I'm not an expert. That's not what I'm saying when I make this statement, but I've run enough businesses to like, kind of know what I like and what I don't like up to this point, you know, mm -hmm. and I know I'm stuck in my ways in some ways. So that's not what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for somebody to help me scale or do this or that. I really wanted the feeling and the message that I output in to the world to be aligned with who I am inside. And that's when I found you, you were like the perfect person to work with on that. Um, Cause I was actually, I was seeing a lot of darkness around myself and um, my, you know, the inferiority complex, all this, like <laughs> all this stuff was coming up. Cause like, it's like, we talked about, it's like a daily struggle where sometimes it gets so foggy. You can't see through it, but, um, I needed realignment. I needed, um, I needed a clear brand strategy. And, uh, I feel like that helps businesses a lot more than just like trying to sell and trying to scale because the feeling that you're outputting, um, is more impactful than anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank like you when, for that. No little. problem. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know that <laughs> I do. And it's just, it's so wonderful to hear people who get that. And that's part of my message is to share the, the value of delivering a feeling and an experience more, yeah. because that's just where business is going from here on out. We're no longer comparing features and prices. Now we want to self-identify with a brand. We want to feel connected emotionally to a brand, especially something that we're going to make bigger investments into. And so can you share a little bit about what you now see as possible for your brand and the work that you do with Magic Inclined as a result of getting that clarity with your brand and as a result of kind of seeing the process of how to put together a brand strategy, maybe where you're going next, what your goals are next. Yeah, I mean, the, having a clear brand strategy brings so much comfort and ease, in my opinion, because now I'm not second guessing every decision I make. I have a clear vision of where I want to go, who I want to be. And my vision is gigantic, you know, and I understand taking small steps towards that. If I'm aligned with my brand strategy will bring me there. Um, I think, I don't know. Um, I don't know where I was going to go with that. Honestly. Yeah. But you're up to such <laughs> big feel... things, such big things. But... You have like multiple courses. You have an app launching. You're going to be yep. doing global meditation tours. You're going to write a yep. book. Yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm, I don't have to stress about every single detail because it's, there's so much clarity in the way I'm conveying everything, mm. you know? And I think that's the most important part is, um, no project seems too big at this point because I'm clear on how I wish to make people feel and how I want to feel doing it. And I think that is the magic of, of branding 
And it takes years and years of um, <laughs> testing things out, out of the equation. Like it's just a time saver. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It really is. And, yeah. you know, I would love for you to share and we can kind of wrap up here about the feeling that you're creating through everything that you are doing with magic inclined. So you have your courses, you're developing a, um, an apprenticeship role at some point in the future. You're currently building an app. We don't have to, you know, spill the beans on that, but you're currently (laughs) building an app. You're going to write a memoir, like a book at some point in the future. And then you're going to do global meditation tours and just be a meditation rock star. No, you're going to do it. There's no doubt in my mind that that's happening. 100%. So tell me about the feeling and we can kind of wrap up there with what you hope Magic Inclined does for people that encounter it and what you want the legacy of Magic Inclined to leave behind. My hope is for everyone to have access to empowerment, self-empowerment, um, to, to know that they are a magical being and a very unique one. And there's no one who's ever going to be like them ever again and to own it and to just really, really love themselves. And I think the whole brand, every single thing that I do, every single thing that I put out, um, is to feed that. Mm -hmm. That feeling of awe of, wow, there's literally no limits on what I can create in this lifetime. And how fun is that? How magical is that? Yep. Yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Ro, is there anything that you want to leave the audience with? And keep in mind, these are all female entrepreneurs. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't have any men listeners. I could be wrong. I'll have to check my data again, but my branding's pretty strong towards women and female identifying entrepreneurs. Is there anything that you want to leave the wild woman fam with any wisdom nugget or anything that's just sitting on your heart that you want to share? Holy moly, I am so proud of you. Thank you for being an inspiration and going after your dreams. Um, I can't wait to see more women in in the entrepreneurial space uh, in the coming future. And it's thanks to people like you. But yay, keep going, keep doing it. It's always difficult, but that's okay. You are powerful. AF. <laughs> yes, AF. And everybody go follow Rohini on TikTok. Her account handle will be in the show notes. Go check her out on Instagram. Her content is so fun. And you literally just fall in love with Rohini's energy and her personality. Like you cannot help but just want to hang out. So go check her out for guidance on your spiritual path. And thank you so much, Rohini, for coming on. This was so much fun. Like I said, favorite, one of my favorite clients of all time. (laughs) Thank you, Tristan. The honor is all mine. (laughs) That's a wrap on today's episode with Rohini from Magic Inclined. If you have not done so yet, hit that subscribe button. And here's why. We put out weekly episodes that are jam-packed with valuable guest experts like Rohini. And by subscribing, you are making sure that you never miss a beat on the content that we have custom created for you. And if you loved today's show and you want to show us a little bit of love, we would be so appreciative if you could go to Apple Podcast 
write a review or leave a rating. And if you do so, take a screenshot of it, email it to us at podcast at wildwomanhouse.com and we will send you a free gift in the mail as a sign of gratitude for taking the time to show us some love on Apple Podcasts. If you wanna connect further with Rohini, I 10 out of 10 suggest that you do so. She is one of the most beautiful humans that you will ever have the pleasure to meet. And you can find her on TikTok at Magic Inclined, on Instagram at Magic Inclined, and her website, magicinclined.com, all of which are in the show notes. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in. I am sending you so much love. I am forever cheering you on in your entrepreneurial goals, in your brand building vision. Now go out there and pursue that big impact and big income that you envision.